are listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. Though located in the heart of the Silicon Valley, you will hear fervent, old-fashioned revival preaching from the pulpit of North Valley Baptist Church. It is our desire that you will be helped by this gospel message. Take your Bible today, Hebrews chapter 11, please. Hebrews chapter 11, one of my favorite Bible chapters. It's a very familiar chapter in the Bible. But I want to I give you a thought that God used for me personally. Oftentimes when a preacher preaches, he's not preaching something to people that God hasn't already dealt with his own heart about. And so I want to try to help you today with something God helped me with. Hebrews chapter 11. We're just going to read the first two words of verse number 1. The entire text of this chapter centers upon the theme that's presented in the first two verses of verse number 1. It's just a continuation. But I want you to see these two words. I was studying and while I was in the office earlier this week and then the last three days I was in Alaska preaching and in the hotel or the room I was staying in there I studied and I thought about the days that we're living through and the uncertainty and all the question marks that we're putting upon a lot of things in life right now. This chapter and really the first two words of this verse take care of a lot of those question marks. Takes care of a lot of that uncertainty. Takes care of a lot of that uh, tumultuousness that we see in life right now and I want you to see these two words The Bible says, first two words of chapter 11, the book of Hebrews, watch it. Now, look what it says, faith. Now faith. If ever there was a time to have faith, it's now. Now faith. What do you need right now? You need faith. But it's more than just faith that you need. And here's the thought for the message this morning. Everybody today throws around that word faith. Politicians say, I'm a person of faith. But being a person of faith is not anything distinct and it does not necessarily bring victory. It's not just the possession of faith that you need. It's more than faith. It's what your faith is in that brings the victory. Now for a little while this morning, I want to try to preach to my heart and let you get in on it. And I want us to think on this thought. Leave your faith alone. Leave your faith alone. Don't move it. Don't transfer it. Leave your faith in the only place that can produce victory. Now that sounds like something we'd not be guilty of doing, but can I say, from time to time in life, all of us are guilty from taking our faith from that solid resting place that is Jesus Christ and moving our faith into something that cannot and will not produce victory. That's why so many Christians are biting their fingernails to the quick over an election. That's why so many people today can't seem to find a smile. That's why so many Christians are walking with their shoulders drooped and their lip pooched out. Somewhere along the way, we allowed our faith to be moved from that place that births victory. And we've allowed our faith to get placed in something that cannot bring victory. Look with me today at Hebrews chapter 11 and think with me on this thought. Now, faith, leave your faith alone. Let's pray. Lord, I pray for your power to preach today. Lord, there's many things going on with the wind and the the temperature outside that could easily distract and take away from our service. But I'm praying today that you'd please put a hedge of protection around our property. I pray you'd bind the devil and his demons, anything that would distract us from hearing from the Word of God today. Please speak to the hearts of your people. Be with our pastor and his wife as they're away. Give them safe travel home this week. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Faith is a very powerful thing. 
But faith is also a very precious and a very delicate thing. The Bible tells us that our faith is a gift from God. In fact, we live by the very faith of Christ. Faith is a Christian's vitality. It's faith that kills worry. Faith that drives fear away. It's faith that settles doubt. It's faith that births a vision in the heart of a child of God. Faith is defined in the book of Hebrews as the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. You see, faith does not have to see it physically. Faith doesn't have to have it all planned out. Faith does not have to totally understand it. But faith rests in in past faithfulness. And faith steps forward trusting that God will provide a solid place for its foot to fall. I want to stress it again. Faith is a very powerful thing. But listen, faith is a very delicate thing. Faith cannot exist by itself. Faith has to have an object. Faith has to find a resting place. Faith has to have a place to fall. And the Bible says that faith brings victory. But listen, it's not just faith that brings victory. But it's faith in the right thing this morning that brings the victory. The old hymn says it like this, My faith hath found a resting place. And that's how faith works. Faith is always looking for a resting place. The definition of faith is simply faith is dependence upon something. Or we could say faith is trusting in something. And in order for faith to really live and exist, faith has to be placed, faith has to be rested, faith has to be anchored in something. Because faith has to have an object, it must have a resting place to truly be alive and exist. Now everybody this morning practices faith. Thomas Edison had to have faith that he could make the light bulb shine. Henry Ford had to have faith he could work out the assembly line. Uh, I think about uh, you and I. We have faith every day in something. Right now you have faith in that chair or your car that it will hold your weight. You had faith in your car this morning that it would get you from your home to the church parking lot. When you got up this morning, you put faith in that box of cereal that it wasn't poison. Say amen right there. We put faith in the weatherman. I don't know why we do that, but we put faith in the weatherman. We put faith sometimes in the bank. We take our paycheck and deposit it in the bank. So faith is something that everybody practices and everybody possesses. But for the child of God, our faith has found its anchor in Jesus Christ. Our faith is not found in a politician. Our faith is not found in our bank account. Our faith is surely not in the weatherman. I hope your faith is not in some, uh, some temporal thing. But for us to have victory, our faith has to be anchored, rested upon, and find its resting place in that which is holy, that which is eternal, that which never fails. Our faith is anchored in Jesus Christ. The Bible says... The just shall live by faith. And I'm glad today that you and I who are saved can live life in a wicked world with our faith resting, our faith anchored, our faith stayed upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Everything else will fail you. Everything else will let you down. Everything else is tempting to crumble and has a tendency to fall apart. But Jesus never fails. Thank God for faith in God. We are to live by faith and not by sight. 
Living by sight is what makes you discouraged. Living by sight is what makes you doubt. Living by sight is what brings stress. Living by sight leads to bad decisions. Living by sight diminishes the voice of God. Living by sight causes trouble and heartache and more opportunities missed to see God do amazing things in life. It's not just living by faith that brings victory. It's living by faith in God that brings the victory. Today we live in an hour where like never before we must emphasize the need for the child of God to not transfer their faith, not move their faith, not change the resting place of their faith, but please keep your faith anchored deep down in the God of heaven and that is where victory is found. Lester Roloff used to sing the hymn and he made it rather well known, Living by Faith. And he'd sing the song, I'm living by faith in Jesus above, trusting, confiding in his great love from all harm safe in his sheltering arms. I'm living by faith. And he said this, I feel no alarm. And can I say that is the fruit of living by faith in God. You don't have to feel alarmed in a world that's unsteady. You don't have to feel alarmed in a day of unrighteousness. You don't have to feel alarmed whenever it seems like the opposition's overwhelming. You don't have to feel alarmed. That's what faith does for the child of God. But let me ask you this. If it be true that faith in God enables us to feel no alarm, why is it so many Christians are so alarmed. We preach against discouragement and so many Christians are discouraged. We preach against doubt and so many Christians have their doubts. We preach against despair and so many Christians live in despair. We preach against being defeated and so many Christians walk about as though they're defeated. In fact, I think that if we could label the average Christian life in 2020, we could sum it up with that word, alarmed. So many people today are alarmed. I was so uh, unimpressed with the depressing attitude of Christians on social media over the media declaring prematurely a presidential winner in this election. Can I say I'm all for the right person in the Oval Office, but it's much better to have the right God upon the throne. Folks today are alarmed. They're living by faith and yet alarmed. Alarmed about the future. Alarmed about their health. Alarmed about their money. Alarmed about their children. Alarmed about their weight. It is the holiday season, so maybe that's a good thing. Thank you. Uh, alarmed about their job. They're alarmed about our nation. They're alarmed about politics and friendships. And I think we ought to rewrite the hymn so we don't have to lie when we sing it. And we'll sing, I'm living by faith, but I feel so alarmed. Now why is that? Let's just think about it. If faith brings victory or faith in the right object brings victory, why are so many Christians living a defeated kind of a Christian life? The answer must be that somewhere along the pathway of life they took that faith that used to be anchored in God and when circumstances changed or people changed or the weather changed or the political scene changed they took that precious faith and and they transferred it from God that brings the victory to something other than God that brings defeat. I must keep my confidence in God. I've got to keep my dependence in God. I must have 
faith in God to live a victorious life. We're saved by grace through faith. And that never changes. Saving faith is staying faith. But living faith is often straying faith. I'm saved by faith, by grace through faith, and that never changes. But my day-to-day practical living faith is constantly given to change. These politicians have been using that term. Those are people of faith. And they use that generic term so they don't ostracize any certain religious sect. So they mean anybody that goes to a mosque, anybody that goes to a temple, anybody that goes to a church, anybody that goes to a a whatever. That is a person of faith. And what they're saying is those people are people that depend upon something. Those are people that trust in something. Those are people that rely upon something. Those are people of faith. But can I say, being a person of faith is not what's going to enable you to live a victorious life every day. It's not just dependence on something. It's dependence upon that one thing that can bring the victory. And my message this morning is simply a challenge. Keep your faith faith in God. Don't transfer it. Don't loan it. Don't move it. Anchor your faith in the Lord. There's a danger. Every day we face it to allow our faith to be moved away from faith in Christ to faith in something else. Have you ever gone outside on a day like this with a lit candle or a match in your hand? I was going to say maybe a cigarette lighter, but I didn't want to hear the deacon say amen. But have you ever... Have you ever gone outside with a lit whatever in your hand? Brother Chung, yes, the cigarette lighter he has. But uh, you go outside and you watch as that wind blows from side to side. You have to guard that flame lest that wind blow it out. The same is true with your faith. Every day as you live life in this world, there are things that are vying for position to get you to take your faith from God and anchor it in whatever it is. Now, none of us this morning, I would say, would claim to be atheists in our belief, but often we become very atheistic in our practice. It's like an old lady at the casino that's pulling the lever and at the same time singing, Great is thy faithfulness. Can I say that is not having faith in God when you're gambling with your money. But we live life like that sometimes. We say, I believe God, but then we're a nervous wreck when whatever it is in life does not work out the way we want it to. Can I say this? You cannot have faith in God and faith in man at the same time. You cannot divide your faith. A divided faith is never faith in God. Faith in God is faith totally, wholly planted in the Lord. You can't have faith and money faith in money and God at the same time. Then it just becomes faith in money. You can't have faith in your favorite politician and God at the same time or it's really just faith in that politician. You can't have faith in your health and faith in God at the same time. Lest that divided faith really just become faith in the temporal. I want to ask you this morning, are you just I want to ask you, are you defeated? I want to ask you, are you depressed? I want to ask you, are you alarmed? What have you done with your faith? Where's your faith this morning? Who's it resting in? Faith is a delicate thing. Faith is a precious thing. And it has to have the right resting place to bring victory. For the child of God, it's never faith in money. It can't be faith in the stock market. It's not faith in the doctor. It's not faith in any other person. It's faith in Jesus that brings the victory. We need a revival. 
in 2020 of God's people getting back to the bedrock and basics of Bible Christianity and simply living life with faith in God. It's sad that you put more faith in the alarm clock on your phone than you do in God. I trust my alarm clock to get me up every morning. Cannot I trust God? It's sad we trust a bank not to steal our money more than we trust God to provide our every need. Cannot we keep our faith in God? It's sad we'd put more faith in our car to get us from home to church than from God, in God to lead us through life. Can we not keep our faith anchored in God? Can I say if Jesus is enough to save your soul from hell, don't you think he's enough to guide your steps every day that you live? If he's enough to save you for eternity, he's enough for every single day. If he's enough, if he's enough to sit on the throne up there, isn't he enough to trust to sit on the throne in your life and lead you through this world? Psalm 118 verse 8. It says it's better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Lee Robertson used to preach up. He'd say, have faith in God. And if you came this morning and take nothing home with you than that, that's the message. Have faith in God. Where are you resting your faith, Thomas? Thomas had faith, but there was a moment when he doubted what happened. He transferred his faith. John the Baptist had faith, but in prison he doubted what happened. He transferred his faith. Peter had faith. He walked on the water for a step or so. Then he sunk. What happened? He transferred his faith. And can I say that's the difference maker in the Christian life. Victory and defeat, mountain and valley, success and shortfall, shipwreck or crossing the finish line with joy. It's elementary and it's simple and it's basic, but it's so needed. Have faith in God, but don't just have faith in God. Keep faith in God and don't just keep your faith in God, but then leave your faith alone. Leave it in God. I think about the old man that was scared to fly on an airplane. And I'm about to get scared of flying on him after that last trip. They fly you on kites in Alaska. But anyway, he was scared to get on the airplane. Finally, they talked him into riding the airplane, and he rode it first time on an airplane. After he landed, his friends said, well, how was it? He said, it wasn't as bad as I thought it'd be. And they said, I told you. So he said, yeah, but I never did put all my weight down either. Can I say that is not faith? Faith is not you putting some of your weight on Jesus and then some of your weight on whatever else. But faith is taking all that you have all that you are, all that you know, and that you don't, and resting it solely in the Lord. I can't overemphasize, people are going to let you down, and your money's going to let you down, and your body will fail and let you down, but God has never one time said, uh-oh, or my bad, or I made a mistake, and Jesus never fails, and I want to challenge you, now faith, if never before, now faith, and then leave your faith alone. Hebrews 11 is the great faith chapter of the Bible. All throughout this chapter, that emphasis is placed on the need for faith. In fact, the, very, uh, the sixth verse in the, in the chapter says the, the very truth of the passage. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. It doesn't say that you have to have talent to please God or pedigree to, uh, to please God. It says without faith, you cannot please the Lord. Now, as you study out this chapter, you find that God used all kinds of individuals, common men, 
royal men, ladies, soldiers, shepherds. He used all kinds of people. But the common denominator in the lives of those individuals is that all of them had faith. But this morning, it's not just that they had faith, but that they had faith in the right thing. Throughout this text, it says, by faith. Through faith, with faith, by faith, through faith, with faith, over and over and over again. And it wasn't just that they had faith. It wasn't just that they trusted in anything. But all of these people that saw God do great things had faith in the Lord. They left their faith there. You read this chapter and you study it out and you see people mentioned like Moses. Moses had to leave his faith alone. It had been easy for Moses to transfer his faith from faith in God to faith in something else when he as an individual had to stand up against the armies of Pharaoh. It had been easy to transfer his faith when he was at the Red Sea and it seemed as though it might not part. It had been easy to transfer his faith when they needed food to fall from the sky and water to come out from a rock. It had been easy to transfer his faith when they needed the enemy to be overthrown. But the reason we read about a Moses is because Moses guarded his faith. He didn't take his faith and lay it anywhere else. He kept his faith anchored in the Lord. I think about Joseph. He didn't transfer his faith. It had been easy for Joseph to transfer his faith. It had been hard to keep faith in God in a pit. It might have been difficult to keep your faith in God in Potiphar's house. As he spent those years in the prison... He could have transferred his faith. But Joseph came out exalted. Why? Because he kept his faith anchored in the Lord. I understand today we're people of faith. But I want to emphasize again and again, it's not just faith that brings victory. It is faith in God that brings the victory. In Mark chapter 11, Jesus cursed a fig tree. He walked by it and cursed it. The next day they came walking by that fig tree and Peter couldn't believe it. But that fig tree was withered away. It was dead. He was shocked. Jesus speaks to Peter. And in essence, he says, Peter, what's the big deal? He said, you know who I am, don't you? I'm God. You know who I am, right? I'm the creator. You know who I am? I'm the one who gave that fig tree life. You know who I am? I have all power. And he summed up Peter's problem by telling Peter, have faith in God. Somewhere along the way, Peter transferred his faith. Why is it so many Christians live the way we talked about a moment ago? Discouraged, defeated, black and blues outlook. I think somewhere along the way, they took their faith and transferred their faith and put it somewhere else. I was talking to somebody the other day, and they said, would to God Christians would get so rabid about their God as they do about their favorite politician? I don't know if the microphone cut out or if you're just getting convicted. But would to God Christians will get as rabid and zealous about Jesus as they are Donald Trump. I'm not telling you not to be excited about your politician, but I think you ought to get a little more excited about your God. Last time I checked, he's the only one worthy of our faith. He's the only one worthy of our dependence. Hey, can I tell you? doesn't matter who you voted for. God puts in office who God wants in office. God is in control. God knows what he's doing. 
I wish there were steps on this thing so I could run from side to side. I wish, God knows what he's doing. God might know what you and I need more than we know what we need. But here's what happens. We have faith in God as long as the sun shines and then the sun goes down and no longer is there faith in God. We have faith in God when there's money in the bank and then when it's gone, no longer do we have faith in God. We have faith in God when we're not in the hospital, but then the hospital comes and no longer is there faith in God. And that's why we don't see the fire fall. And that's why we don't see revival. And that's why we're not turning the world upside down. That is not faith in God. Faith in God is not faith in God plus anything. It's faith in God alone. And I want to challenge you this morning. Don't move your faith. Don't transfer your faith. Don't sell out your faith. You anchor your faith. You nail your faith. You fix your faith. You cement your faith in the only one that can see you through life, get you into eternity, and will never let you down. Have faith in God. This morning, I want you to know that even though you might feel like the world's upside down, God's on his throne. The Bible's still true. Jesus is still alive. The Holy Spirit's still moving. Church is still right. The gospel still works. So when it gets the job done, we're on the winning side. Take your faith and nail it in Jesus today. Anchor your faith. Have faith. Now faith in God. Don't transfer your faith. Don't walk around defeated. Don't walk around depressed. You don't need a pill to get through the day. You got the gospel that'll get you into eternity. We're on the winning side. I got faith in God. Trouble comes. I guess I have faith in the doctor. No. Thank God for doctors, but you keep your faith right here in God. I got faith in God. I lost my job. I guess I better put it in the government to supply for me. No, 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 no. You keep your faith over here in God, not in government. I've got faith now, faith. I've got faith in God. Church is going good. Folks are getting saved. COVID hit. Buses don't run. It's cold outside. It's windy. I reckon I got to put my faith in whatever they're te- watching couch on or watching TV on the couch. No, 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 no. You keep your faith in God. Jesus never fails. Leave your faith alone. I'm glad for saving faith, but I can't survive without living faith. And faith that is the victory and faith that overcomes the world is having faith in God. Can I say they can elect a man that believes in the abomination of same-sex marriage, but my faith is staying in God. They can elect a man that believes in butchering babies, but my faith is staying in God. They can elect a man that doesn't believe in the Constitution, but my faith in the Bible, and I'm going to leave it in God. They can elect a crowd that wants to mock our nation's history. I think I'll just keep my faith in God. They don't have to salute the flag, but I think I'll just keep my faith in God. They can say church is unessential. I think I'll just keep my faith in God. It doesn't matter who stands and gives the next speech. It's about the one who spoke in the beginning and said amen at the end, and thank God he'll ever me. I'm just going to keep my faith anchored in God. Have faith. Keep faith. And leave your faith alone. A little girl was scared to go to sleep at night. She was scared of the dark. Her nightlight wasn't working. And her mother tried to calm her, but she couldn't. The little girl was scared to death of the dark and looked out the window and saw the moon shining in the sky. And she said, Mama, is that God's nightlight? Her mama said, it is. 
And she said, do you reckon God's going to stay up tonight? And her mama said, yeah, he'll be up all night. He never sleeps. She looked at her mother with assurance of faith in God and said, well, there ain't no sense in both of us staying up. I guess I'll go to sleep. Can I say that's what faith does? You can rest with assurance. Be not dismayed, whatever be tight. God will take care of you. I'm living by faith and I feel no alarm. Trusting, confiding in His great love from all harm safe in His sheltering arms. I'm living by faith and not by sight. Living for the Lord, doing what's right. We sing these songs all the time. But it's not just faith that will give you victory, church. It's faith in the right object that brings victory. Don't transfer your faith to Fox News. Don't transfer your faith to Newsmax. Don't transfer your faith to CNN. <coughs> I'm sorry, Mom. I haven't cussed in at least a day or two. But anyway, don't transfer your faith. You leave your faith in God. How do you increase your faith? Number one, live in your Bible. Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. We have the very Word of God this morning in our King James Bible. It's perfect. It's preserved. It's inspired. It's powerful. There's not a flaw, not a shortfall in this. You can trust the Word of God. If you want to increase your faith, waller in the Word. Live in the Word. Stay in the Bible every day. Be a Bible reader. Be a Bible student. A lot of folks say, I'm a Bible believer. That's great, but be a Bible reader on top of it. Thank God for His, the, His Word. You can have faith in God. Read the Bible. Number two, how do you have faith? Learn to wait upon God. Trust Him. Let God work it out in his time. Be patient. Number three, how do you have faith in God? Look back on what God did yesterday. If God could do it yesterday, hallelujah, he can do it today. That would make a Baptist shout on a windy morning in California. I'm glad we don't serve a God that used to. We serve a God that does. Thank God. He can do it again and he will. Number four, leave your faith in God. During the election, a lot of folks are transferring their money I'd like to have the opportunity to try to transfer my money. The only part is I had to get money first. <clears throat> In fact, we could take care of that. Preacher just texted me and pastor said, uh, Brother Cooper, I want you to take up a special love offering for you today. So we, we need to do that after the service. I'm kidding. But people are taking their money and transferring it from bank to bank or even pulling it out. They're depositing it other places. The same thing every day is true with your faith. You're going to have to make a decision where you're going to deposit what faith you have. Your faith is a gift from God to you. And I'm glad for saving faith that never leaves. But that day-to-day -day practical faith is always under attack by this world. And this morning, church, I just want to encourage you. Don't look around, look up. God's on His throne. Hey, guess what? The worst that could happen is either you die and go to heaven or Jesus come back and take us all together. He might come back today and leave the devil all of our bills to pay. Let Gavin Newsom drive electric cars and burn California's wildfires and we'll go to heaven. Let me challenge you from the front to the back. Leave your faith alone. Leave your faith alone. Leave your faith in God. Thank you for listening to the audio preaching podcast from North Valley Baptist Church in Santa Clara, California, led by Pastor Jack Treber. For more information about our ministry or to find out how to get in contact with us, visit our website at nvbc.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.